Welcome everyone, welcome in to another edition of Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValian, and we are back. We're covering the uh, NFL Draft, just the first round, going through the first round. It'd be a lot to go through for all of the rounds, uh, but if you like this episode, then go ahead and share, and if I see enough uh, views or enough listens on this episode, I'll go ahead and cover the second and third round as well because i do keep track of how many views and how many listens if you really do like this content then go ahead and continue to subscribe continue to share this content and if i get uh like i said over 50 listens for this uh, 50 views slash slash listens for a audio podcast that is uh then i'll go ahead and put out the content for the rest of the rounds of the nfl draft because i can cover the whole thing i actually uh, have all the information that i would need to do so uh once those uh rounds are finished uh, but i don't want to put out super long uh podcast episodes that nobody's going to listen to uh, so i've seen that most people like this uh, about this um time frame in terms of what i normally put out for podcast lengths so go ahead and continue to support scout team sports by listening by sharing with others and like i said if i get over 50 for uh as far as uh, listens uh for this uh, particular round one recap then i will go ahead and put out the content for the other rounds so just covering the first round i'm just recapping i didn't do a mock draft because you know you could go with who they should get versus who i think they should get um and who everybody else uh thinks they should get versus who i think they should get or do they draft for need you never know what teams are going for in a draft if they're going for need or if they're going for best player possible what is their thought process for doing what they did so i'll just recap based on uh, what I know as far as the team getting better from the point that they were before the draft took place. So we start off, first of all, with the number one pick, which the Carolina Panthers had. They traded up for it from uh, trading, uh, getting the pick from Chicago. And they go ahead and select who most people thought they would, and that is Bryce Young, uh, quarterback out of Alabama. Look, they needed a quarterback, been having quarterback turmoil for so many years um and they finally got it right i believe in this regard now they just need to build around the kid um because at this point um to me he doesn't really have a number a number one wide receiver but that could come in due time uh even with the offseason uh acquisitions that they've made i don't really see him as having a number one wide receiver but maybe he doesn't need one right now maybe if you have a couple of good number two uh wide receivers you know maybe not a clear number one but you got a couple of guys uh that can share the load and can share the stardom if you will and no one particular big star um that could possibly work moving forward for a temporary amount of time someone i would think would emerge as the top wide receiver in the wide receiver core but i don't think he has that yet but you have to have the quarterback in order to build around you have to have the quarterback and get that right so Panthers definitely do get that right moving forward with Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Of course, the Houston Texans needed a quarterback as well. And with the number two pick, they get C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State quarterback. Uh, Definitely, there's nothing wrong with that pick as well, Um, whether it be uh, C.J. Stroud and then Bryce Young or Bryce Young and then C.J. Stroud. I mean, both these two uh, teams needed a quarterback. You can't go wrong with that. It's amazing to me out of what the with Houston's track record, though, as far as how they treat certain people and how the uh, organization thinks about what it talks about when they uh, when the players would take a knee and how it's the inmates running the asylum, which I don't agree with the fact that they still once again, after firing Lovey Smith, have a black head coach and now a black quarterback uh, is amazing to me. I'm, I'm always curious about really what's going on. Uh, with them but nonetheless uh, uh, you know they got a black head coach still uh, moving forward and um, now a black quarterback as well once again and uh, CG Stroud like I said they they got to build around him you know things are looking up I would say for the Texans in that regard because 
uh, what CJ Stroud can do. I really like his potential. I like his height. I like his arm. Uh, I like he would probably be my favorite quarterback out of all the quarterbacks taken uh, in this year's uh, draft. It's not taking anything away from anybody else, uh, but that's just my favorite. Uh, if I could pick one for my team, which I would have loved to instead of having Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. But moving forward, we go to uh, the third pick, and the uh, and the Texans move up in the draft to pick off uh, another uh, high-profile um, candidate or uh, draft pick, which is uh, Will Anderson Jr., edge rusher out of Alabama. So they get C.J. Stroud at quarterback, and then they move up in the draft. Uh, for the second pick, back-to-back picks to get Will Anderson Jr., edge rusher out of Alabama. I don't see how you can go wrong with that either because you're going to need, um, the, if, if these positions are not if not the only important positions, but it is hard to be successful if you don't have these three positions right. Your quarterback, your offensive line, and your defensive line. That's when when they talk about building from the center of the team out. You build from the center out as opposed to the outside in. If you got great, you draft great receivers and you got good cornerbacks and linebackers, but you got a crappy offensive line, a crappy defensive line, and you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be successful with just really good skills players on the outside. You have to have the core the people closest to the football when the ball is snapped, those that has to be in line. That has to be on point. That has to be intact or else you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because everything depends on blocking, tackling, and what the quarterback does with the football. Everything depends on that. You need a quarterback. You need guys to protect your quarterback and you need guys to get after the other team's quarterback, especially in this passing league. That's what you need. If you don't have those three things, you're not trying to win. And the Texans uh, do that back with back-to-back picks, get their quarterback of the future, and they get an edge rusher of the future. Uh, next, you have the Indianapolis Colts, whom I didn't think they would be too high on this kid. I still knew that he would go, I believe that he would go first round. Uh, but with the fourth overall pick, the Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. I didn't think that they were, you know, they're, I, to me, yeah, Andrew Luck was, uh, he was a guy that could be uh, athletic when he needed to. But for the most part, he chose to be a pocket quarterback and only would run or be physical if he absolutely needed to. This guy is, um, to me, another um, freakishly athletic guy. Um, and I just didn't think that the Colts, that that was the style that the Colts would want. I figured they were just so caught up with just having pocket quarterbacks. I didn't think they would ever take this type of, uh, leap of faith here, but nonetheless, they are actually wanting to do something different, change it up, switch it up and get an athletic quarterback. And Anthony Richardson is that guy. Uh, so if they can build around him, I think the sky's the limit. They already have a running back and, um, and Jonathan Taylor, and then they have a decent, I would still say a decent defense. Uh, so if they can get this right and get him some weapons to throw to the Colts, you know, they come, they could come up quicker than most people think. Um, I wouldn't, I can't just classify him as a dark horse yet. Cause I don't know what Anthony Richardson can do at the pro level, but I really think this is a good pickup for them. As far as moving forward, I figured they might've was going to go with, um, try to get Baker Mayfield or try to go, with some other free agent or veteran or something like that uh, after the Matt Ryan thing didn't work. Uh, so I'm really surprised, but I am actually, I'm surprised, but I'm also impressed with the Colts for getting the best pick that they could have gotten and what they should have gotten, which was a quarterback of the future in Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Next, you have the Seattle Seahawks, uh, of course, taking advantage of uh, the Russell Wilson project, if you will. <laughs> where they are clearly benefiting much more than Russell Wilson is and the Denver Broncos at this point. Um, We'll see if that changes with Sean Taylor. Uh, But the Seattle Seahawks pick up Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. Um, I'm not surprised that he went first round, but I am surprised that he's the first cornerback to go. 
I'm surprised that he's the first cornerback to go. I had two other guys who we'll get to later on in the draft who I thought would have been picked before him. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, it depends on what you see in a particular guy. And when it comes to, you know, potential, when it comes to fitting your scheme, when it comes to, you know, what you think. And with Pete Carroll being a defensive guy, you know, I'm not going to really question um what he sees and what he wants to fit his his system and if he thinks Devin Witherspoon is the best guy for that and maybe the other two cornerbacks uh, that I thought would have gone before him wouldn't have worked out or didn't fit his scheme then you know what I, I, I'll defer to Pete Carroll on that one but that's the those are it ain't too many things I'm gonna defer to Pete Carroll on but that is one thing that I would him and Bill Belichick I'll defer to them when it comes to picking cornerbacks uh, and in uh, defensive backs and safeties. Um, so the Seahawks get Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. With the sixth overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Got to beef up the offensive line. Uh, Got to have, um, got to give Kyler Murray more time to throw the football. And at this point, especially if they don't have that reliable of a running game, I get James Conner is James Conner, but uh, James Conner to me is not a, a feature back. Um, he could work well in a dual back system if they get another running back to complement him. But at this point, it's still all about Kyler Murray in the passing game. And yes, he can use his legs, but it should be in order to be effective with that. You have to have that as more of an element of surprise and also like a dual threat, uh, but not to where it's like, you already know he's going to run the ball because he's not going to get protection. And so he's going to have to scramble. If he's always in that situation, him being a dual threat means nothing because they already know he's, if he doesn't have good protection up front, he's not going to have more than two seconds to throw the football. And you got to give a quarterback at least four seconds. I would think you got to give a quarterback at least four seconds. If he doesn't have at least four seconds to throw the football, he's scrambling all the time. He's got to make plays with his legs all the time. You basically nullified the passing game. And that's just not fair to Kyler Murray. Um, you know, say what you want about Kyler Murray, but this was this is a good pickup. They do need help, I believe, more on defense. But you have to start to uh, solidify uh, that offensive line and give him time to throw the football. He doesn't have to be a pocket quarterback all the time, but part of being a dual threat is understanding that he can pass the ball and he can make throws as well as using his legs and not using his legs first because he wants to or because he doesn't have enough time to throw. Next, we go to my team. Um, bittersweet because it's not who I wanted for the first pick, but it is something we needed. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders with the seventh overall pick pick up Tyree Wilson edge rusher out of Texas Tech. So remember I said the the, the three things that you need quarterback, uh, offensive line and defensive line and in particular pass rushers. Um, get, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, which I don't really agree with having. But nonetheless, it's the starting quarterback for at least the next three years, possibly. Um, then you've got um Josh Jacobs, of course, running back on the uh, franchise tag. Uh, you've got what they're trying to do as far as rebuilding the offensive line. They're doing all right with that. I figured they probably would have gone offensive tackle. Uh, but who I really wanted was Christian Gonzalez. And um, because th that defense has been suffering on the secondary. But the other thing that has been suffering that many people might not be aware of is the defensive line. Now, when it comes to the defensive line, you're thinking, okay, Max Crosby with his max four-year, four $98 million deal to match his number. Okay, you know, he's very effective. Uh, he was very effective that year before he got his contract extension. Before last year, it seemed like this past year, in the first year of his multi-million dollar contract extension, it seems like he calmed down a little bit. Um, he had a lot of pressures, but he wasn't getting sacks. And you combine that with Chandler Jones, the two of them combined that defensive line combined for 30th in sacks. And if it's like, if you are 30th in sacks with those two high profile, uh, guys, one that you had and you signed to a four year, $98 million deal in, 
uh, Mad Max and then you pick up Chandler Jones and free agency who I didn't really didn't think that that was a good uh, pickup but nonetheless it was something that we needed because uh, they traded for Yannick Ngakwe and they that didn't work out so they get Chandler Jones even though he's already older uh, but I guess trying to see if he still got something left it didn't really do he didn't really do that well there were a couple of spots you know where he had a good game and whatnot but uh, like I said they combined for 30th in sacks that's third to last uh, 30 31 32 that's our, or if you want to say second to last um, in terms of third in terms of sacks and with that much money going into two edge rushers you have to be better you have to be higher in sacks than 30th out of 32 teams you can't do that because it's like okay we're putting all the money into that we're putting a lot of money into that position and that's really the only money that was put into the defensive side of the ball if you think about the rest of the Raiders defense well nobody else getting paid anywhere close to that because they don't have any other stars. They don't have no stars at linebacker. They don't have any stars yet. Whom I, th- I think Trayvon Merrick has some, some ways to go. But he could emerge as a star. But at this point, there's no stars at the linebacker position. There's no stars in the secondary. These are the only so-called stars that you have on the defense. The only guys that are probably getting paid real big money on the defense. While the rest of the money, the big money, is getting paid on the offensive side of the ball. And these two guys only combine for 30, you know, 30th in sacks. That's second to last in the league. You can't be paying all that money and not getting any production. So I get getting Tyree Wilson. I think uh, Chandler Jones will be put on the back burner or maybe a backup or if they want to trade him or cut him. Um, But I think if Tyree Wilson can be what they want him to be and what we all as Raider fans would hope he will be, then I think it'll be him. And then lined up opposite Max Crosby. And I think that would be a good duo. Um, and so, like I said, if you had to take one guy out and just have the starting two edge rushers, I would pick Tyree Wilson and Max Crosby. And, you know, whatever you want to do with Chandler Jones, okay. But I just don't think it's – it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. And what they paid him for free agency, I think they overpaid for that. But, you know, that's – kind of what you are left up left to do uh in the league nowadays especially with all of these short contracts with big money um but yeah i would have also wanted christian gonzalez and i hate where he went because he went to the empire um but uh nonetheless uh i would say a good pickup for the las vegas raiders they went after a need um one of the needs they got a lot of holes to fill they went after a need and so i have to respect that definitely have to respect that so hats off to the raiders for getting what they needed hopefully he can be uh much better than chandler jones and him and max crosby together can wreak havoc uh because they're going to need to because they got good quarterbacks that they got to face in every division rival as well as plenty of good quarterbacks now in the afc because of one and not just because of one but um, you know what also has happened with the Jets and now what has been solidified with the Baltimore Ravens and we'll get to that once we get to their pick next we get to uh, the eighth pick Atlanta Falcons but John Robinson running back out of Texas I would say the 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 running back that was getting the most notoriety uh, and I am um while I'm not surprised that he went first round, I'm surprised, surprised he went this early, and I'm surprised he went to this particular team. Um, I would have thought that the Atlanta Falcons would have wanted to get a quarterback, but maybe they're thinking they can get a quarterback, um, and maybe they can get a quarterback in the next round. There are two quarterbacks who thought everybody thought was probably also going to go the first round, and they didn't get picked in the first round, so they can get picked up in the second round. So we'll see what the Falcons do there um as everybody knows they let go of marcus mariota that was never a long-term thing anyway um but then the quarterback that they uh picked up in the third round last year i don't think is really you know i don't know if they're really confident in him or not um but if they are if they are uh it doesn't really show it doesn't really show so we'll see what the falcons do moving forward with uh, possibly getting still getting a quarterback early in this draft maybe second or third round but nonetheless they get um 
like I said, the most no the running back with the most notoriety in Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas. Next, um, in a trade for uh, the Eagles, get um, um, with an already I would say touted defensive uh, unit. They strengthen the defense even more. I know, of course, you know what happened in the Super Bowl. That was crazy. But a couple things with that. Everybody was slipping and sliding, especially on the on the Eagles side. They had to change cleats and everything, and it was like they couldn't keep up, even with with Patrick Mahomes and his slow behind trying to run on a quarterback sneak, not a quarterback sneak, but when the play broke down and he's running forward and they can't even catch up to him because he's they're slipping and falling and he ain't even close to being fast. You know that field was horrible, and like I said. Yeah, with all the way that the rules and benefit the passing game and the, and the way that the game went, I didn't think they wanted defense in that game, let alone would have allowed a good defensive play. They would have found some way to call a flag, call a penalty or something like that, like they did. Um, and I'm not an Eagles fan, but watching the game, that was just, to me, that was ridiculous. Um, but nonetheless, it's what the fans, uh, the average fan wanted, which was a shootout, high scoring. Uh, but solidifying that defensive line I don't see a problem with that because Jalen Carter is a highly touted uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia I don't see anything wrong with that pick at all next you have the Chicago Bears at 10 who of course they traded down uh, and gave up uh, the first round uh, the first overall pick and at the 10th spot they get Darnell Wright offensive tackle out of Tennessee definitely agree with that you got to protect Justin Fields, if that's who you're moving forward with, he can't be scrambling around. Running the football as a quarterback needs to be an option, not first priority <laughs> or not the only resort because your offensive line can't protect you. And so you're scrambling and you don't have time to throw the football. So you have to run. That can't be. So not a surprise there for the Chicago Bears. Next, the uh, Tennessee Titans also do the same thing with getting an offensive tackle, Peter Skronsky, out of Northwestern. Uh, really like this guy as far as um, an offensive lineman. I think he'll do very well. The only thing is, I don't see what their deal is with keeping Ryan Tannehill moving forward. Titans want to do it. The Titans going to tighten. Go ahead and do it. Do your thing. But even with Derrick Henry, and when, like I said, when he gets neutralized, not shut down, but maybe neutralized. And you need to rely on the passing game. You telling me that you still want to rely on Ryan Tannehill and whatever he's got left in a wide receiving core. Yeah, I get that you need to protect him. I get that the offensive line needs to be reestablished. But I just don't see how you think you're going to win a championship. And again, what is that supposed to be the goal of every franchise in the NFL? To go and compete and win a Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill hasn't lived up to expectations since he came in mid-season for Marcus Mariota and got them to an AFC Championship game, of course, because nobody was prepared for him. Ever since then, the Titans have done less and less and less every year. And you could say, oh, well, they made it to the number one seed in the playoffs. What did they do in the first game when they got the number one seed, the only buy in the new system? With seven playoff teams, they lost as soon as they got on the field to the Bengals. So that's a disappointment. Uh, you can beat mediocre teams for half of the half of the regular season and get a good record, just like in the NBA. You could beat mediocre teams throughout the season, pad your pad your win column, get a high ranking, get a high seed in the playoffs. But when you actually have to face good teams back to back to back to back to back in the playoffs, we see who you really are. And the Titans are phonies because they don't have a good quarterback. And I'm like, why are you not going after the guy? Well, also, the other thing is, again, there are two guys, Will Levis and and um, Hooker, who um, are still on the board. So maybe they still go after those because... From all accounts, it doesn't seem like they have any confidence in Malik Willis, the quarterback that they took out of Louisville last year uh, in the third round. So uh, we'll see what becomes of the Tennessee Titans. But I really thought they would have gone after a quarterback with that pick. Uh, next, the Detroit Lions with the 12th pick get Jamar Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. 
Um, I'm really impressed with the Lions, you know, first of all, taking out the Packers, uh, sweeping them in the season series last year and knocking the Packers out of the playoffs for sure. Uh, very impressed with them. So the sky is the limit for them, I think, in a wide open NFC North, because even with the uh, Minnesota Vikings winning a division, you saw everybody knew that the Minnesota Vikings defense was atrocious. And that's why they lost the playoff game in the wild card round. I didn't have any faith in them going into the uh, into the playoffs, and rightfully so, as you saw the results. Uh, but this NFC North now is wide open. I mean, the, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, you know that's no longer a threat. Again, all the uh, Vikings have is an offense, and even then, uh, I don't trust that. Uh, I don't trust that Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that can lead you to a Super Bowl. And on top of that, his contract is up soon, and I don't know if they're going to continue to move forward with him. Uh, so, and there's been talk about getting a quarterback of the future. And talk, if, if there are talks about the Vikings getting a quarterback of the future, then obviously Kirk Cousins is not the future. So, uh, when it comes to the Lions, um, I like Jared Goff as a quarterback. I don't love him, but I do like him. And keep in mind, he has been to a Super Bowl. Uh, he has been to a Super Bowl. That is something that uh, the uh, that Kirk Cousins has not done. <laughs> okay, so you could arguably say that right now, right now, as it stands, the Detroit Lions have the best quarterback in the NFC North. Think about it. Justin Fields in Chicago. You got Jordan Love now taking over, supposedly, unless they get another quarterback in Green Bay, and then you got Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. If you know football, and you understand football, you cannot disagree with the fact that Jared Goff is the best quarterback in that division. And that's saying something for him being on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so, with the Lions now having the best quarterback in the NFC North, and then and only improving and getting better, and showing signs of turning this I don't know, decades and decades of being losers around with what they showed this past season. Like they're headed in the right direction. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the Lions. I'm happy for Lions fans. I'm happy for, I'm not a Lions fan myself, but I'm happy for Lions fans. So, hey, hats off to them. They got to uh, get in the running back here. They have to have a good running game to go along with Jared Goff in the passing game. Uh, still need more help on that defense, definitely. But I would still think that uh, this overall is going to be a defensive-heavy draft for the Lions because they have to continue to improve that defense. Next, you got Green Bay Packers. They get Luke Van Ness, edge rusher, out of Iowa. A good pickup, but I don't know that this was the draft need for the Packers. I mean, yeah, if you're going to move forward with uh, Jordan Love, uh, okay, but I figured they would have gotten a wide receiver. And yeah, I know that was like, oh, how could they do that now that Aaron Rodgers is gone? They never want to get him a wide receiver, but they're going to get Jordan Love a wide receiver? Yes, because obviously if you pick up Jordan Love when you did, when you drafted him, and you're already saying he's going to be the quarterback of the future, even though you're fiddle-faddling and putting all this money into Aaron Rodgers, a guy who you know doesn't want to be there, and on top of that, you act like you don't want him there by drafting another quarterback, like, what are you doing? Go ahead, get this new guy, new even though he's not new, get this guy, Jordan Love, a wide receiver, a number one weapon, one that he can grow with, one that's starting in the league and can start as a rookie and will be starting the same year that he is that he is a first the first year that he is also the starter, the starting quarterback, and let those two grow together. And look, I mean, look, the, the Packers could always use help on the defense side of the ball, but I don't think that that was the most pressing need. They need to have a passing game that they can be confident in. They have already lost other wide receivers, even though they were okay, weren't that great, to free agency. And so now it's like Jordan Love is in a cupboard, and the cupboard is empty for Jordan Love. Aside from Aaron Jones in the running game, you gotta get the you gotta get him some weapons. 
you got to get him some weapons. So why not kick it off the right way? Aaron Rodgers is gone. You didn't want to get him what he wanted when he wanted. Fine. He's gone. He's done. So what if he's bitter now that you get a wide receiver for the new quarterback and you didn't get and, you, and he didn't get one when he was a starting quarterback? That's done. That's over with. You're moving forward. So why not get him a Why not get Jordan Love a wide receiver here? Doesn't make sense to me. But nonetheless, Luke Van Ness, uh, I think he will be good at his position as an edge rusher. Uh, moving forward, you've got at the 14th pick, Pittsburgh Steelers picking up an offensive tackle. Broderick Jones out of Georgia. you got to get things better for Kenny Pickett uh, in order for that offense to get up to speed to match what the defense delivers on a regular basis. Uh, the defense isn't great for the Steelers, but it's the anchor of the team. It's much better in terms of its output than what the offense does. And the offense is going to be struggling for a while because they're trying to rebuild. You've got George Pickens, who I think should emerge as the number one wide receiver. To me, he is the best receiver they have. They already got rid of Chase Claypool. I don't understand why that didn't work out other than injuries, uh, maybe. But... Um, and then the running back, there's no clear number one running back in my opinion. But Kenny Pickett, you're building around him. You're your number one pick from a year ago. So, and we already knew that Mitch Trubisky was not a long-term uh, solution. So now that Kenny Pickett is clearly firmly in the helm, starting his first full season next year, uh, you've got to get things ready for him. And this is a start by getting him some pass blocking. Next, you have the New York Jets. Of course, they uh, finalized a deal with uh, getting Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet and the starting quarterback there. And so what they do is they want to continue to beef up that defense because, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the best thing for a good quarterback, the quarterback needs is good wide receivers and running back and offensive line. And that's all true. But what a quarterback also needs is a good defense. That way he doesn't have to try to win shootouts every week. Because if he tries to win shootouts every week, he's going to lose half of them because of that defense. So, not at all mad at this pick with the Jets selecting Will McDonald, the fourth edge rusher out of Iowa State. Um, so, I've seen some uh, some highlights of this kid, and I like what I see. Um yeah, can't argue with this particular pick. I think the Jets are headed in the right direction. They make the big sacrifice to get Aaron Rodgers. And actually, when you look at it, I thought they were going to have to give up first rounders for him. And they ended up only giving up a second round and a uh, second round, a fifth round, and then a second round for next year's draft. I'm like, they didn't have to give up no number ones for Aaron Rodgers? I'm shocked. I really am shocked. They got away with one because I thought, uh, or at least most other teams, uh, would have had to give up first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, even at Aaron Rodgers' age and the fact that he's not sure if he wants to play anymore and his dark phase and all that. I'm surprised the Jets got away with that, with not having to give up a number one pick. But yeah, you got to beef up the defense. You got to make it better to help out Aaron Rodgers in that regard. Uh, so Jets getting Will McDonald, edge rusher out of Iowa State. At 16, the Washington Commanders get Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State. This is also a cornerback uh, who is very good. I like uh, what I see from him. Uh, I used to cover Mississippi sports when I was um, uh, college sports when I was in grad school at Jackson State. And so I covered Jackson State sports, covered uh, Mississippi, Old Miss sports and Mississippi State sports. Uh, with the sports radio station that I was a part of. And so I always uh, kept the ear and kept the eye to um, uh, those schools. And, uh, yeah, I thought that Emmanuel Forbes would be a guy that also would have gone before Devin Witherspoon um, because of the way he plays. He just seems like he's very instinctful. Um, yeah, very, very thin, very, very thin. But uh, nonetheless, he is a good pickup. He is a really good cornerback. I wish we could have him. Um, but um, he goes off the board, and then right after that, Christian Gonzalez goes to the Empire, the New England Patriots, at the 17th pick overall. You knew that Belichick likes defensive backs. That's his thing. That's his shtick, and uh, he's really good. at He's cranked out some really good ones, so he's developed some really good ones, so um, can't argue with him going after what he wants. Don't know that this was the immediate need for him because if he already is talking about shopping Mac Jones and obviously 
that's not their quarterback of the future. But uh, with the quarter two quarterbacks that I mentioned earlier, uh, Levis and Hooker, that dropped to the second, at least to the second round because they didn't get picked this first round, he might still get what he wants as far as a quarterback moving forward. Uh, but yeah, not surprised at this pick. Don't think this was the immediate glaring need for the Patriots because even aside from Mac Jones, that offense I don't think is built to do anything. And even if the defense is weak, it's still not weaker than the offense as a whole. The offense is a shambles. The offense, it's just, it's just weak. It's horrible. So I would have thought that they would have gone after that first, which would have then left Christian Gonzalez to go somewhere else. But that didn't happen, and they pick up Christian Gonzalez. And I really hate that for my Raiders, but it is what it is, I guess. Next, we get to the 18th pick. The Lions back in the thick of it with another pick with Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa, beefing up the defense. That's what they need to do. Things are looking up for the Lions, I think, in the NFC North. At 19, Tampa Bay Buccaneers get Kalija Kansi, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. They draw a lot of parallels uh, to him from Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald also went to Pitt, um, and he kind of is mentoring uh, Kalija Kansi. Now he's uh, in the same conference as him, and so he definitely should do uh, the Buccaneers some good um, because their defense is just torn apart. It's not even close to what it used to be even when they went to the Super Bowl, and they definitely needed uh, help on defense. Seahawks uh, get back in the uh, with their second pick in the first round, get the first wide receiver off the board in Jackson Smith and Eba. Jackson Smith Eba. And... Um, yeah, surprised that it took this long for somebody to get him off the board. I thought he would have been gone quicker. But, I mean, he couldn't have a much better situation in this regard because not only will he have a capable quarterback in Geno Smith, but he has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett over him to mentor him, to help him grow. And, you know, if if one of those two, like what I would expect, DK Metcalf is getting doubled, that leaves Jackson Smith and Eba in one-on-one coverage. And he can do some things. He can be spectacular. He can have a coming out party, if you will, in his rookie season. I think that's very possible. At the 21st pick, Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, get Quentin Johnston, a wide receiver out of TSU. Um, I understand that he looked good, um, you know, going through college and they got to the national championship game. But at the same time, um, I don't know that this was you know, one of the best that he, that he was first round worthy. I don't know if he was really first round worthy. Uh, and I don't know that this was the glaring need for the chargers. I mean, after, uh, going up 31, zero in the playoffs against the Jaguars and that lead evaporating like it did, I'm like, why, why, oh, why are you not beefing up that defense? The defense of the chargers have been inconsistent for a long time. So this is nothing new. But the fact that they are going after another wide receiver, that tells me that even though they signed or re-signed Mike Williams, there's something going on. And it's, I understand that it's good to have at least three good wide receivers now in this league. I understand that that's a thing now. Um, but I just don't think that this was probably the most glaring need for them. But nonetheless, Chargers get a wide receiver and... If Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are covered and you got this guy in one-on-one coverage, let's see what he can do. I'm pretty sure that's the whole thing about opportunities uh, in the league right now is because the way the offenses are set up and the way that the defenses have to take care of a number one wide receiver, then they got the number two guy, then usually whoever the number three wide receiver is is going to be left in one-on-one coverage won't have to worry about being double team will be in the slot and then it's just about who's best him or the guy that's lined up over him so uh like i said even though those two guys are um yeah and now that i think about it keenan allen might line up a lot more on the inside in the slot anyway and then that would put quentin johnston and mike williams on the outside and the chargers could work it that way Next, the Baltimore Ravens. First, we have to talk about the Ravens finally getting the deal done with 
uh, Lamar Jackson now making him at this moment the highest paid player in the league with a new uh, six-year uh, $255 million contract with $185 million guaranteed. Uh, all reports saying that he wanted at least 200 but he was insulted by the Ravens and held out because he was only offered 133 So I guess they came to an agreement at the 185 mark when it comes to guaranteed money, $185 million. And moving forward, uh, the Ravens have their quarterback, which they've already had, in Lamar Jackson. So they got the deal done. He's locked in. And of course, what does he need? You know, they've always been a run heavy team, but what does he need? He needs a wide receiver. Do they actually get him what he needs? Yes, they do. And they get him a really good one. Um, after seeing this guy's highlights, uh, I really do like how this could work for them uh, in the uh, in the form of Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College, a Steve Smith-esque, Tyreek Hill-esque type player. Small, but very speedy, very shifty. Uh, my only concern was if o OBJ can hold up and draw off enough attention for this guy, Zay Flowers, to get in one-on-one -on -one coverage, then I think Zay could be very effective. But if OBJ cannot stay healthy and this kid is all you got, they're going to double-team him and they're going to make sure that his speed doesn't, doesn't take them out, doesn't embarrass them, and then that's not going to allow him to shine. So I think for Zay Flowers, the key is that other wide receivers stay healthy and are threats so that he, so that Zay can be in one-on-one -on -one coverage and get by some defenses and shock some people and sneak around and be very effective for the Baltimore Ravens. Very good pickup, but I think a lot of what uh, Zay Flowers could be is going to depend on, of course, Lamar Jackson getting him the football but also other wide receivers being effective to where Zay can have one-on-one -on -one matchups and is not double-teamed. Because I don't care who you are, if you, you're the fastest running, unless you're Tyreek Hill, which somehow, some way, somehow, he can still do it. Um, if you're getting double-teamed and you're that small the wide receiver, you're not going to be as effective. You have to get the one-on-one -on -one matchups, and then you can do your thing. And even in zone coverage, you have to be able, there has to be other threats on the team at wide receiver. You can't be the only threat and try to be effective that small, unless you're Tyreek Hill. I, he's the only one that I've seen that could do it, even with double covers. But even then, you know, there's been times when he's been shut down just because if they only focus on him and try to take him out of the game, and then you have to force other wide receivers to win the football game, you don't want that happening to a rookie like Zay Flowers. Next, the Vikings uh, pick up a wide receiver, which I don't understand. Uh, not in the fact that it's Jordan Addison, wide receiver at the UFC. He's a good wide receiver. But the fact that they have a good offense already and they are atrocious on defense. And it was evident in that playoff game. You can win a division, like I said. You can win a division. You can beat mediocre teams throughout the season with having a tough game here and a tough game there, but mostly mediocre teams. But then... And, of course, they got embarrassed by the Cowboys in the regular season, so that should have given you red flags all over the place as far as, like, an offseason. we got to beef up this defense. Um, but, yeah, you don't go defense here. You don't go defense. Why would you not go defense here? I get it. You can get to have another weapon for uh, Kirk Cousins and that wide receiving core because Adam Thielen is gone, and now you want a second threat, a second wide receiver, uh, to help out Justin Jefferson so all the heat is not on him. I get that, but this is too early. This is too early. You could have got a good, decent wide receiver, in my opinion, a number two, since Justin Jefferson is clearly going to be the number one. You could have got a number two wide receiver in the second round, maybe the third round. Why get him this high? Why get a wide receiver this high when you need serious help on defense? I guarantee you that like, if the Vikings are actually serious about winning and want to compete for a championship, the rest of their draft picks better be all defense. All defense. I am not joking. Not one other single pick better be offense. Not one. If they do that, then yeah, it obviously tells me that they're not, they don't care about winning. They don't care about winning a championship. I mean, you can win your division and get, uh, get be, you know, I have only three losses in the regular season and then you get your butt whooped by a team that's got six six or seven losses in the season in the playoffs. Okay, that's what you want to do every year, year in and year out, fine. 
Moving on. New York Giants at 24 get Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. Um, I think this is a good pickup for them. They want to definitely solidify and strengthen their defense. Uh, I think offensive line is still a little shaky for them, and I would have thought that they would have went offensive line. You get Darren Waller, who's going to be the probably the number one wide receiver, even though he's at tight end for the Giants moving forward. You could use another weapon on offense in the passing game. You got Danny Dimes locked up. You've got Saquon Barkley ready to go. As long as those two guys stay healthy, everything is a go. But that offensive line, I think, could have needed more help, as well as um, as well as uh, at wide receiver getting someone else and not just having Darren Wall Darren Waller as your number one uh, wide receiver playing tight end. But still a good pickup in terms of uh, strengthening your defense with Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. 25th pick, surprising that the Bills went this way, but it is a good pickup in my opinion. I do like Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Uh, I think it would, um, in a sense, uh, solidify and strengthen that Bills offense for Josh Allen having options when Stephon Diggs is not available in the passing game or when he's blanketed. You got to have other weapons. You got to have other options. And if it's not Singletary out of the backfield, you need at least one other good wide receiver uh, or someone in the passing game, whether wide receiver or tight end or running back, to throw to. And I think Dalton Kincaid is a good pickup. I think he could really develop uh, into something special. Uh, next, the Dallas Cowboys go with Mazzie Smith, defensive tackle out of Michigan. All the talk was for them going, going to get B. John Robinson, but if they didn't want to trade up for him, yeah, it's not surprising that they didn't get him, but the fact that they didn't get any other running back to replace Ezekiel Elliott, who they let go, your defense is solid. It's not perfect, but it's solid. You know what you need is help on offense. Why are you not doing that? That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I could rant, but we're trying to keep this thing under an hour here. <laughs> Try to keep this thing under an hour. We're almost done. I could rant about the Cowboys for, you know, and I got... I, I got I got people I know, people I know, uh, friends that are Cowboys fans, and I just, for the life of me, I don't, look, I'm in the same boat as you guys are. You guys are winning more than my team is, but it's still like, like these decisions, like what, and Jerry Jones, they show, they want to show the war room and whatnot of Jerry Jones when they made their pick and everybody was congratulating and shaking hands and stuff. You know that stuff is staged. Jerry Jones is never going to make it seem like he made a bad pick. And you know he's the one picking. You know it ain't McCarthy. McCarthy's McCarthy's a pawn. You know Jerry Jones runs everything. He's the he's basically the 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 second coming of Al Davis. He really is. And so they always want to show him in the war room, and they want to show his family there, and like he everybody's shaking hands, congratulating, like he made a good decision. This is a great pick. No, it's not. Your defense is fine. Your need is on offense. You need better wide receivers. You need another running back. Yes, you've got Tony Pollard on a cheap deal, but he's coming off of an injury that took him out in the playoff game. You don't know what he's going to be coming back. You need to get a running back. Get the best running back available. Stop messing around. But again, it's the mentality of winning championships. I guess they think that they can still get there with Dak in that offense. Okay. Moving on. 27th. Jaguars get Anton Harrison, offensive tackle. Uh, one of their offensive tackles is going to be suspended for uh, PEDs um, moving forward So for the first couple games of the season. So they definitely needed someone to replace him moving forward. Uh, and Anton Harrison, even when that guy comes back, will get you know stay in the mix. And they want to make sure that they continue to protect Trevor Lawrence for the division champion of this past uh, season Jacksonville Jaguars very impressed with how they've come up and Doug Peterson as well and the Bengals at 28 get Miles Murphy edge rusher out of Clemson I definitely think that's a good pick they need their defense to be solid uh, you know for the most part if everybody's healthy on the offensive side of the ball the Bengals are lethal but defense they to me they've always been average they played a little better than average in the Super Bowl uh, two years ago, but that was really just the defensive line who did that, who shut down uh, the Rams running game. And that really wasn't saying much because Rams didn't really have a running game anyway. But um, 
you need somebody who's going to get after the quarterback on the opposite side, especially in a quarterback star-studded AFC conference, um, which is going to be the majority of your games. Next, the Saints go after, at the 29th pick, go after a defensive tackle of Clemson. Um, I, Brian Brees out of Clemson. Uh, I understand that they, uh, you know, picked up Derek Carr in the offseason. They still got Kamara. Uh, I thought that they would have gone after a wide receiver as well. Chris Olave's up and coming. I get that. I figured they would have went after a wide receiver, though, to uh, give uh, Derek Carr another weapon. The defense is not what it used to be, so I get strengthening the defense. Makes sense. But I don't think that that would have been, I don't think this was the right first round pick for them. At 30, the Eagles get Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. They want to continue to solidify their defense. I get it. I still do think that the offense needs another running back. They need um, they need to make sure what they have, a running back committed by committee is good. They picked up Rashad Penny from the Seahawks, but he's been injury prone. San Diego State alumni, shout out to him, but he's been injury prone. So I don't know how he's going to really hold up. Um, and so I'm thinking at least the Eagles definitely will get another running back moving forward in the, in the consecutive rounds. And then at the last pick, the chiefs get edge rusher, uh, Kansas out of Kansas state, Felix, uh, Anadike Uzoma. Of course the chiefs need help on defense. That defense was atrocious in the super bowl. Um, but they've always been that way. But the way the rules are now, you can get by with a really good quarterback, a really good offense, and win a Super Bowl. And especially if you get a couple pass interference calls and you got a slip and slide field indoors where the defense is constantly slipping and can't catch it and falling all over the place, then yeah, you can win a Super Bowl with just an offense. But yeah, they know they need help on defense because there's no way that they, in my opinion, they should have won. And if it wasn't for Jalen Hurts coughing up the football on his own uh, and the Chiefs running that back for a touchdown, the Chiefs wouldn't have won the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Uh, so, and it's not just a Raider hate thing. Like, look, watch the game. You, If you watch the game, you see what happens. You see that that Kansas City Chiefs, I would say, don't nobody on that Kansas City Chiefs defense deserve to win a Super Bowl ring because they didn't do nothing. <laughs> they didn't do nothing to deserve that Super Bowl ring, and you know it. They didn't do nothing to deserve that Super Bowl ring, and they got one. But anyway, that will conclude this first round recap of the 2023 NFL Draft. I appreciate all of my subscribers. I appreciate all those who are listening and will listen. Please continue to listen and share this episode of Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Devalian. Like I said, if I get over 50 uh, views, listens, slash listens, for this podcast, I'll go ahead, go ahead and put out the content for my analysis recap of the second through seventh round for the NFL draft. Okay, so I want to gauge it. I want to see what we get here. If we get enough views, enough likes, enough listens, people want it, I will give it to the people. All right. Once again, this is Devalian with Scout Team Sports. Believe until you stop breathing. And I'll see you in the next episode, uh, second round of the NBA playoffs right around the corner. So we will have coverage of that as far as predictions and analysis. Once all of the first round, uh, first round series are complete. So be on the lookout for that coming soon. Again, it's Devalian with Scout Team Sports. Believe until you stop breathing. We'll see you in the next episode.